Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Bottom Line. Weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Austin Sports Talk Leader. AM 1300 The Zone. Let's go! The dawn of a new day in the greatest city in America. Greatest college town in America. Austin, Texas, baby. Love our college students. And of course, they never leave. Why would they? Harbaugh Harge is here. What up? See Breezy Chip Brown in the house. Salty is here. Some of those students tested positive for COVID-19 this week, so they certainly aren't leaving. That's they so bad. stuck in their dorm. That's so bad, Salty. All right, give us your, uh, give us your take on that. You are a proud UT alum. Are you panicked? Are you grief-stricken? What, what's I'm happening with you? I think more panicked that it happened with kids who are in dorms on campus. I think it's more likely now to spread within people living on campus. I know beforehand we were worried about West Campus, all their parties and whatnot, but if they got to go to the bathroom, they got to go to the bathroom. Ah! They, we all know what <laughs> dorm bathrooms are like. Dorm bathrooms are like prison bathrooms. Let me ask this right now, okay? I, Community I, I, bathrooms. I was not fortunate enough to go to the University of Texas. I assigned to go here. But what is a dorm-like bathroom? Oh, it's a community bathroom. <laughs> oh. Shower stalls. I only know what I've seen on TV because I went straight to apartment living. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm too bougie. I, I, hey, I could only tell you what I saw I went to on SMU, TV. and I did <laughs> dorm living. Hey, but you were coming from out of state, though. You, you you didn't already know the layout, did you? Did I live in the dorm or not? Did you did you know the layout already? Yes, I lived in the dorm. Community bathrooms, shower stalls, sinks lined up right next to each other. Uh, Everybody's doing their business in front of each other. Uh, it's it is what it is. Sound like some of the bars. Thank downtown. you, Salty. Ground zero for COVID. So what are dorms. you what are you predicting? Doom. Are you? Let's give it a couple more days for some more tests to come through, but. Do you want to tell the people what it, you've it discovered? It just takes one for it to trickle down. Do you want to tell the people what you've discovered? What did I discover? Tests. What about the test. Oh, yeah. Oh, they I mean, have two, two students. And two? On oh, campus. my God. Two. But they're in different dorms. They're in different dorms. It just takes one. Remember uh. when this started? <laughs> but they started know about the two. people in Austin. They know about the two. And that's key. Yeah. That's key. They know where they are. Yeah. Contact tracing. But on the contact tracing. It's a well-oiled machine. So on the contact tracing, pending how many people are in this dorm, do they shut down the dorm? No, they shut down the kids. Yeah. Right? But you know. Walking in, walking out. <laughs> we need honesty. Yeah, go we home. do it. There it is right there. There it is. Are you gonna be truthful about what's happening? Who all did you come in contact with? Right. Like do the not Big Ten. Lie. Like right. the Big Ten. Gotta right. be truthful. Big Ten. Yep. Big Ten, how you doing? They finally did it, Chip. They finally let us know that there was a vote. What is it, 11 to 3 vote, Chip? How do you feel about that vote? How about that? The University of Michigan wasn't even part of the three. Right. <laughs> I'm Jim Harbaugh. I'm like, get me out of here. <laughs> well, my question is, for those that don't know, the Big Ten finally released that there was 
the vote to find out if we're going to have football in the Big Ten. It was an 11-3 to three vote. 11 no, 3 yes. And the teams were Iowa, the Nebraska. Three, the three yes votes. Yes, were Iowa, Nebraska, Nebraska and, and Ohio, Ohio State. State. Not Michigan. Yeah. And Harbaugh's in the front talking about, we want to play football. Hey, Jim, I didn't vote yet. Yeah. Hey, Jim. This is why I left <laughs> the state of Michigan. Ohio State was looking like this year. Right. I left. I right. left. I'm tired of these narrow-minded. Those Yankees. Glass ceilings. <laughs> Freaking unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Big Ten is getting what it deserves. Which is? A big pile of slop <laughs> that they can pass around and feed each other at Thanksgiving. All right, it is enough. Goulash. Oh, yeah. Gruel. Gruel. <laughs> All right, it is a Nunchucks of Truth Tuesday. We'll be talking to our man Chris Hummer uh, at 7 o'clock. Of course, the Hard Knocks Life. And in the 8 o'clock hour, our man John McClain. We are, we are coming up on a week away from the start of the NFL season. Yes. And that's the thing. I mean, if you look at the Big Ten, the Lions are playing. Packers are playing. Oh, yeah. The Colts are playing. These are all in Big Ten states. Browns, Bengals playing. Oh, yeah. No Buckeyes. No Buckeyes. I mean, it's... Cincinnati is playing. Oh, the Bengals, yeah. No, no, no. The college. Oh, yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah. Right. They're playing. Luke Fickle. <laughs> yeah. And what Former are they... Which, Ohio State head coach. The Ack. They're in the Ack, oh, which yeah. are SMU Mustangs, Chip. They're playing. Oh, yeah. Mustangs. Highlights of the Mustangs practicing Shane Bouchelle to Reggie Robertson. That's going to get shut down this weekend. Ooh. That's going to get shut down. Really? It's getting shut down. What's the line on that game? Uh, Probably SMU by a lot. <laughs> we got picks this week, you know that. I do, I do. Picks are back. But we're going to put that in there right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Got to see what that line is for my boy. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's deciding that you're not getting tickets, Chip. He's not letting you get tickets. Oh, man. <laughs> That's cold-blooded. <laughs> cold-blooded. SMU minus 21. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll uh, I'll take SMU in the points. 21 points, huh? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I will look at that one. I will well, look at that one. Look at it. Yeah, I will look at that one. Give me I've already looked at one. it. I've already decided. Well, I have not. We're not making a pick you're, today. You're stewing over that one? I'm looking because that, that, that seems a little steep for the first game with all wow. the stuff that's going on. All the stuff that's going yeah, on. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things happening in the world today. I don't know if everybody's on the same game plan. You never, hey, well oiled machine, right, Chip? That's what you just said. Oh, yeah. Got to make sure this thing is well oiled. Shane Bouchelle, baby. And Shane, I trust. There you go. Hope Jake's not listening. <laughs> oh, busy. you know he's listening. He's busy. Yeah. He's doing stuff. I don't think his first meeting is till another 20 minutes. So he, he might hear you, Chip. Uh, he might hear you. Jake. <laughs> I see you, man. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait, though. I'm excited. I'm excited we got football this week. Like you said, there's – I got SMU winning the act. I got them finishing ahead of Cincinnati and Memphis. Well, Memphis lost their running back, so that should help. So no. that'll help you. SMU lost some of their big boys up front on defense. They led the nation in sacks last year. Yeah, yeah. You are familiar with that. I did hear that yesterday okay. from my man Jake Spavitol. Yeah, 51. Yeah. 
He said 20 of them might have came against them. 20, right. 20 might have come against. <laughs> Last year, SMU beat Texas State 47 to 17. Yep. Were you at that game? It was 13 to 3 at halftime. And then he gone. He and gone. Then, yeah. Whip, whap, whoop. Yeah. Were, no. you at, were you at that game? No, because it was up at your place. It was up in SMU. I you didn't there. make the road trip? No. No road trips for me, bro. No road trips? Only home games. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't mean, do I don't do well on the road. I know road. what you tell me. <laughs> I don't do well on the road, bro. So forty. Yeah. Central Arkansas plays again this week, Chip, and they already tested after the game. And they had zero positives. And then, you know, automatically people go. Well, you know it takes a couple days before it gets <laughs> – I'm like, okay, they'll get tested again, and let's see what happens on Thursday because they play Thursday night. We get more football this week. How about that? I mean, you, you're, you're getting Central Arkansas and Austin P. If they can have testing protocols that allow them to play football in the Big Ten, isn't? Right. That's embarrassing. Big Ten and Pac-12, man. We knew what the Pac-12 was looking at, but still, how are you? Yeah, you're right. Let's let, let, let's talk about it when we come back. All right, we'll talk Texas. Brought to you by Realistic Constructors. We'll do it next, right here on the Bottom Line. We talk Texas at six fifteen and seven fifteen. Brought to you by Realistic Constructors. Realisticconstructors.com. And Harge. Yeah, man. How about the Texas Longhorns getting out in front of the name, image, and likeness? With the leverage program. Leverage program. So, this, uh, we're going to see name, image, and likeness come into college athletics in 21, according to the NCAA, because there are states passing laws to allow student athletes to profit. If I'm not mistaken, California was one of the first ones to come out with that, right? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. California, Florida. Yep. So Texas is getting out ahead and talking about how great life is in Austin, Texas. <laughs> how we, Texas Longhorns, that sounded like Homer Hard. There right you there. go. I, w- I wasn't even going to say nothing, man. How the Texas Longhorns are the only school with their own network. So why wouldn't you come to Texas, where you're going to be on LHN, you're going to get your brand out there. Your brand is going to be magnified, and you are going to benefit because your name, image, and likeness is going to be worth more by going to Texas, where we can showcase you more. Right. So here's here's what this leverage program says it's going to do, okay? It says... It is going to help in four areas. They call them the four pillars. The four pillars. There you go. Personal branding and management. Yep. Business formation and entrepreneurship. Opportunity management and financial literacy. You know what financial literacy is? They're going to teach you how to manage your money. They're going to teach you how to not go broke. Exactly. They're going to teach you how to save. Exactly. Are you a saver, Harch? Uh, no. I, I didn't Lindsay used to would be. say no. I would. I, I didn't used to be. Okay. I mean, getting better. Uh, way better. Way better. You had to. So for uh oh. Yeah. It was that bad, huh? It, it, I mean, oh, I mean, if it was in your pocket, it was out of your pocket. It was hot. 
It's hot. It's hot. Let's keep it moving. Let's move. Yeah, let's keep it moving. Salty, are you a saver? Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's still getting her parents to pay for stuff when they go to eat. Remember that. Oh, yeah. She's She's like, she keeps everything in the pocket. That's good. Smart. Way to go, Salty. Hey, I bought a house this year. That is true. I mean. That is true. That is true. That's impressive. That is. It's impressive. You work in radio and you bought a house. (laughs) That almost never happens. So you have won the lottery, girl. So what? It's in the ghetto. In the ghetto. My fridge is currently unplugged at home because my ice maker is toast and frozen over. But you know what? Big old block ice. She didn't want to go buy a new one, so she saved it. So she unplugged. (laughs) When I go to work, I unplug my fridge. When I come home from work, my I plug in my fridge. My looks really nice. <laughs> See, work, looks... work, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, it looks good. Kind of like the Stepford way of living. Right, right. It right. all looks good on the outside. Inside? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Turmoil. Well, and with the, the leverage program, what I'm, I'm looking at what Texas Football posted to their socials yesterday about it, and immediately following that, they did a tweet for Iconic 22. Yeah, that's yeah. the new that's the new look. They were supposed to do that at midnight. Hey, kids. They were breaking that out at midnight. 22. They couldn't wait. Look what we got for you. So. Because that's when it's supposed to happen, right? 21, 22, you can start getting dirt. Well, that's the plan as of right now. Do you think there'll be an injunction? No. It's rolling? It's rolling, man. Okay. It's rolling. All right. Because the states are passing laws left and right. Okay. So the NCAA, as begrudgingly as the NCAA the NCAA wants nothing to do with name image and likeness right. but they're having to get in front of it because states are taking matters into their own hands but this is smart like Texas probably can't tell you exactly what all these four pillars are how exactly they're going to play out right but it doesn't really matter cuz it looks like they're ahead of the game right the first to market, right? That's what you want to do. First to market. You want to be first to market. You want to have your product ahead of everyone else's, getting that name recognition, getting that branding. And then if it happens to turn out to be a great product, oh, then you could be Target or Amazon or something yeah. Yeah. something big. Right. But it sounds good. Like, listen to this. Or Do we have Herman? Yeah, we do. Listen to Tom Herman talking about leverage, the Longhorns program now to uh, help student athletes with their name image and likeness we feel like with this leverage program that uh, we are in as good if not better position than anybody in the country to help our student athletes really uh, monetize and capitalize on their name image and likeness with our leverage program we're, we're in austin texas uh, which uh, u.s news and world report i think three years in a row now has named the number one city in america to live in uh, the economy Greatest city here is america. phenomenal uh, the media market with no pro sports teams in town uh, really, really shifts all of the attention and focus to the brand of the University of Texas uh, and its athletes. And, you know, with uh, so many Fortune 500 companies, all of the, the great tech and entertainment companies that we have here in the city of Austin, coupled with the brand that is the University of Texas and Longhorn Athletics, I just feel like, uh, you know, we need to be doing our part to make sure that our student athletes uh, can really get the most out of their experience here at the University of Texas. That's from my man, Jeff Barker, CBS Sports. And Chip, so here's the thing for me. Here's the thing for me with them getting it out there. 
And it's not just for football players. It's not just for basketball players. There's some marketable athletes on the at the University of Texas, whichever sport that they're playing, that they now can have a face that is out there. Because we talked yeah, about – the swimming coach said that most of our swimmers have huge – Social media following. Right. That's what I was just about to say. But we don't normally look at those guys. We do. And gymnastics. And, right. And, and Cheerleaders. And think about some of the golfers that have come through the University of Texas that are trying to make a name for themselves and the ones that are coming now. I mean, this is a huge opportunity. Softball. Kat Osterman. Think about what Kat Osterman would have done if she would have been at the University of Texas during this time. So there is a lot of marketable players besides football but football obviously is the one that everyone thinks about when it comes to this this is the one driving the bus so to speak listen to this so they're talking about you heard herman saying all the great stuff about austin everybody loves austin and then they talk about uh with a footprint that includes five of the nation's 15 largest cities. Longhorn student-athletes are exposed to more local and national media coverage than any other athletes in the country. I don't even know if that's true, but it sounds, you know, just say it till someone tries to check you. The presence of Longhorn Network, the only national television network with dedicated 24-7 coverage to a single university, sets UT apart from all of its counterparts. And the powerful UT alumni network of 500,000 members around the world provides extraordinary opportunity for Longhorn student-athletes to connect with business leaders and influential community members. You know what that sounds like to me? We got boosters who can flood your pockets with cash. Mm-hmm. Hey, and I'm all for it. Right. You've said that from the very beginning. I'm all for it. You can't, they're never going to be able to police this thing. Never going to be able to place it. So just let it be the Wild West. But doesn't there have to be some tax let records on this right here? Sort of. My, oh, yeah, but that's on each student athlete. Right, that's, that's why, what I'm saying. It's got to be, you got to go teach these people how to handle finance. That's what financial literacy. Yes, yes. Financial literacy. I don't understand why we don't teach this every step of the way. I don't like, understand. In high well, school. Before that, start it from the bottom Seventh and work it grade, all the way. Because sixth grade. some of the, the, the math that we're doing, it doesn't make sense when you got to teach a kid how to balance a checkbook you know what and math do a mortgage. Makes sense, Harch. Compound interest. Right. Teach a kid in sixth grade the magic of compound interest. Right. One hundred percent. Put that money aside and keep putting that money aside. Keep putting that money aside. Suddenly, compound teach interest. Teach them how dividends gonna help you later See? on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Salty, come on. You with us? I think that's how Salty bought that house. <laughs> She's been I'm saving big on the piggy banks, y'all. Oh yeah. She's been putting that extra change in that little piggy Digging bank. Digging up holes in the back. Look at her now. Bought a house on a radio salary. Kidding me? She deserves a medal. All right, we'll come back. Uh continue the conversation. That was talking Texas. Brought to you by Realistic Constructors here on the bottom line. No Chuck's the Truth Tuesday. I mean, we go to we go off for the weekend on Friday. And come back, and the Jacksonville Jaguars have basically conducted a fire sale <laughs> of their best players. Unbelievable. So, it's tanking for Trevor. And there's even rumors now that Dabo Swinney, I don't want my man Baxter coming after me anymore. Yeah, yeah. Diehard Clemson. 
There's rumors that Dabo Swinney would consider coaching the Jaguars. Now listen to me. Dabo. (laughs) Don't ever, ever. Okay, remember in Purple Rain, Prince's dad said, don't ever get married. Yeah, yeah. Okay, don't ever coach the Jaguars. Not as long as Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan owns the team. Bro, Chip, I mean, this is – you. last year you were all in on the Jags, right? Oh, Jeez. You were all in on the Jags, and you're like, this is a veteran team. They're, they're All they need is someone to come in the, the locker room in the clubhouse and say, hey, this is what's going to happen, guys. Get behind all me. All they needed was Nick Foles. And Nick was supposed to be the guy that was going to get everything under control. Then his clavicle then it, fell apart. Then he's done, and then this team falls apart. Jalen Ramsey is trying to beat up everybody on the team. Get me out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. And then you look around and you look at the players that they have drafted in the first five picks, Chip. They have been in the top five of the draft. And every one of them, not every, every one of them is gone. They have no representation from this organization. Justin Blackman. Now, he did some of that stuff himself. Remember him? Oklahoma State? Oh, yeah. Big-time wide receiver. Luke Jockel. Jokel. Jokel from A&M, right? That's the kid from A&M, right? Yeah. Then you look at Blake Bortles. Everybody went crazy for Blake, and then all of a sudden, out of there. Dante Fowler, who is a monster coming off the edge, and now he's gone. Calais Campbell, who we just talked about. Jalen Ramsey, also who we talked about, and latest Leonard Fournette. And Yannick Ngoku. Just went to Minnesota. Minnesota. He he took less money (laughs) to go to Minnesota than what the Jags were offering him. Are they trading for Trevor right now? <laughs> they're they're doing something. They're trading, and then once the tanking. Gets here, they'll tank for Trevor and trolling. <laughs> this is embarrassing. They gave Nick Falls what eighty eight million dollars and then told him bye because Gardner Minshew oh, yeah. is their savior. Oh yeah. What? They were in the AFC Championship game two years ago. Uh, t- took the Patriots to the wire. To the wire. They were a quarterback away. That's why I was like, okay. Nick is the guy. Here, here we go. Here comes Nick Foles. And then he snaps his collarbone, and the next thing you know, this, Minshew mania. Yeah, takes off. Takes off. Like, on that sample size, they're all in on Minshew, and they're trading away Nick Foles to the Bears. Remember A.J. Bouye? He was there, too. Oh, yeah. He, he was there. Lockdown corner. You know what? They were in the AFC Championship game two years ago. <laughs> Does anyone remember this? Uh, AFC Championship game two years ago. Come on. Now, Chip, you you go hard on the Cincinnati Bengals. You the go worst. hard on the Cleveland Browns. This is the absolute worst. This is the worst. Because at least the, the Browns are getting players. They just had bad coaches. This is the worst run franchise in the NFL. <laughs> My man Jordan Shipley. Right. I mean, he got the worst hand in the history of the NFL. He Uh, got drafted by the Bengals and then ended up with the Jags. He had had no shot. Real. No shot. Um, We're going to the Super Bowl and we're going to win. He gone. (laughs) Meanwhile, Colin Johnson is lighting it up for the Jags. 
It's funny that you say that about Jordan Shipley. Quan Cosby played for the Bengals and the Jags, too. Awful. Those two? <laughs> Death wish. Uh-huh. At least he had the Broncos in there and he had the Colts mixed in, but my man had the Bengals and the Jaguars, too. That is absolutely horrible. We need to get Quan on. Yeah, let me work on that. That is terrible. Quan will let it rip. <laughs> no fear, bro. It was awful. Jacksonville is bad. They are terrible with what they do to these players. Harge, we got to talk about the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Somebody hurt again? Uh, the quarterback. <laughs> oh, shouldn't have let Nick Falls go. I mean. We, we're all in on Carson. What do you call him? You call him. Porcelain Porzingis. What do you call Carson Wentz? I mean, Fragile. Remember on uh, Fragile. <laughs> fragile. Ooh, it's Italian. Fragile. fragile. <laughs> he has a soft tissue injury in his lower body. I mean, what does that mean? I mean, probably a hammy. But he did not participate in the team scrimmage on Sunday. I'm just saying, keep an eye on old. Uh, Cardboard Carson. Cardboard Carson. I'm writing that one down. I like that one. Cardboard Wentz. <laughs> He'll fold up on you. I just can't even understand this. Like, they did everything they possibly can to make this his franchise. They got uh, rid of everyone. Is this they the- got rid of the only quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl for that godforsaken franchise in 52 years. Is this the uh, Foles uh, curse? Oh yeah. Okay. That's still still got some. Still uh, going. Got a couple more legs still, on it. Still got some staying power. All right. Still enough original members from when Nick was dealt for that Nick Foles curse to be in full effect. Cardboard Carson. <laughs> I like cardboard <laughs> Wentz. He's got a soft tissue injury. Uh, Watch out. Speaking of the Eagles, Jalen Rager from TCU. He's out. hurt too. Yeah. He's out three to four weeks with a shoulder. Yeah, that's a dang coaching mistake by my drafting. You got, you got Rager? <laughs> Rager, yeah. I, did, I forgot I had cardboard wince out there that I, I shouldn't have uh, had the guts to pick. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. 
They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Because I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be able to throw the ball that far. But we'll see. We'll see. Jalen Hurts is going to get some run. Oh, he's going to get every opportunity to show if if he's the right guy. People are like, why would they draft Jalen Hurts? And it's like, have you seen your quarterback? Because Jalen Hurts is put together. He can take some hits. He can take a lick. The rest of them, not so much. I just can't believe that Carson Wentz has was on the verge of being the league MVP, and now he cannot stay healthy at all. And they paid him, what, $100 million? Is that all? I mean, just, yeah, just a little bit. Just a little drop in the bucket. This comes in and says, uh, we were talking about the four pillars of the leverage program. It says Texas should work on hiring the four pillars. Urban Meyer, Bob Stoops, Billy Donovan, Spike Owen. <laughs> What's wrong with people? Spike Owen, huh? Just threw that one in there, huh? How about that? Spike, my man. Come on, man. Love me some Spike. All right, we'll come back with some Do You Care right here on A Numb Chucks of Truth Tuesday on the bottom line. Ah, uh, yes. You know what? You love it. Every day at this time, we ask you, do you care? Harch. Yeah, man. You going first or me? I'm going to go first. Chip, yesterday we we led the show off talking about John Thompson, the legendary coach John Thompson passed away at the age of 78. We still don't know the cause of death. Everyone came out of the woodworks yesterday talking about how, how he changed their lives, saved their lives, and you had a chance to bring up the story about him going after a drug lord, known drug lord, and Michael Wilbon, Michael Wilbon actually spoke about that story that you talked about. Do you care? Yeah. So after we went off the air, I saw Wilbon interviewed about John Thompson. And Wilbon, who worked for the Washington Post, said that he was covering Georgetown basketball when he was 21 years old. And he gets a call. At like six in the morning from John Thompson, he says, You want to sleep or you want to scoop? What? And he's like, Get down here. And Wilbon's like, Uh, uh, what? But he goes down there, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they're in a car together. And Thompson is driving all over DC looking for Rayful Edmond, this drug lord. And Wilbon's like, <laughs> What happens if we find him? <laughs> and they didn't they didn't find him, but they left word everywhere that Thompson wanted to talk to Rayful Edmond, mm. who was a known, you know, drug drug ring leader. Yeah. His organization had been blamed for multiple homicides in Washington, DC. And ultimately, Rayful Edmond did meet with John Thompson, and John Thompson got up in his face, all six foot ten of John Thompson. Got in Rayful Edmonds' face, gave him a profanity-laced tirade, and said, "You're not going to be around my players. You're not going to ruin their lives." And by all accounts, Rayful Edmond backed off and did not associate with Georgetown players anymore. He was a huge Georgetown basketball fan. Yeah, Rayful Edmond. And so that was a fascinating story. I didn't realize he called Wilbon to right. get in the car with him. Right. That's amazing. 
Harch, obviously a lot of a lot of uh, emotions were expressed. Allen Iverson, um, his Hall of Fame speech, talking about how John Thompson saved his life. There was a lot of thoughts. Do you care? I do care. And Chip, one of the things when you hear those stories and you think about Georgetown University, it's a, a law school, it's a business school. And he graduated 97% of his players. 97% of his student athletes graduated from Georgetown. And you talk about changing people's lives and saving people's lives. You change generational lives by graduating because now your kids understand the value of an education. You talked about the Prop 48 and how he was – a against the Prop 48 and making sure that people could get in. I mean, this this was the right guy at the right time fighting for the right things. Even back then, the things that we're seeing today, the things that he's fighting for, the story you just told about the drug lord and him going to save these players and not wanting their lives to be ruined because he's worked so hard to show them how to be men. And Alonzo Mourning said yesterday, I'm going to honor you by paying it forward by being the same person that I emulated. Same thing Patrick Ewing. We heard Patrick Ewing talk about that. I mean, this guy was larger than life, for real, for real, because he was 6'10", but he also was a father figure to a lot of people, and and he will definitely be missed because, like I told you yesterday, sometimes you want to talk to your mentors about things that are similar to you, and he couldn't make the change. So, outstanding stuff yesterday. I was saying that, for you and me, we'd put a towel over our shoulder. It'd be a hand <laughs> towel. At 6'10", that dude had a full-blown beach towel <laughs> beach towel over his shoulder. Yeah, my man was working it. My man was working it. Chip, I'm a little disappointed, man. Yesterday, the U.S. Open started, and we didn't even really get into it. You played tennis this weekend. You're a former tennis player, state champion. <laughs> You're a member of Great Hills What's Country Club. You? The U.S. Open, Chip, do you care? Hey, man, talk to me tonight when my girl Serena gets going. She's chasing it. It's uh, It's been frustrating to watch her trying to break this, uh, this record that she should have broken years ago. Margaret Court, this stiff, white, <laughs> old, wooden racket wielding. Uh, she holds the record for major championships. Serena would blow her off the court in five minutes. But Serena has struggled, and it's gotten in her head. But this happens when you're late in your career. And so Serena gets going tonight. Last night, Naomi Osaka, I watched this match. She ended up having to go three sets, and she's a two-time major champion. She's the one who said, I'm not playing in the the, um, Southern Western Open last week. Yep. And... um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I love watching the U.S. Open. I, I know I'm the only one. Uh, Harch. You are the only one. <laughs> Major League Baseball had its trading deadline yesterday, and there was a lot of action going on. Yeah. But none from the Astros or the Rangers. Do you care? Yeah, the Rangers only got rid of – well, not got rid of. They traded uh, Mike Miner, who was one of the – he was their ace, to be quite honest with you. And the one thing about it, I believe that curse that you've been talking about, the Nolan Ryan curse – has now been affecting both franchises because the Rangers have been hot garbage 
for a while now. They're trying to go young. They're trying to slash their payroll. They just bought a brand new stadium. Just built a brand new stadium that looks like a Traeger grill. But Uh. they can't figure out how to build their organization. They think they have something in line. It's not happening. The winners in this deal are the San Diego Padres. The San Diego Padres got a top-of-the-line pitcher that, Chip, when this happened, I was thinking that this guy was going to be gone. Mike Clevenger, pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. He was part of the the COVID party where the guy went out, two players for the Indians went out, and didn't tell the team that they were exposed or went out, and then got on a flight. One guy got sent home on a bus. The other guy didn't tell on himself and got on a flight with these players. And Tito Francona, the head co- the manager, who's had immune system problems, was so upset that they were like, I don't care how good he is. He could be a Cy Young Award winner. Get him out of here. But the Padres win in that deal because now the Padres will be challenging the Dodgers for that, uh, that West title. How about that? The Padres send three... Uh, well, they send a um, couple minor leaguers. Holy mackerel. Yeah, they win. They win in this deal, bro. Oh. Yeah. Cleveland gets all kinds of stuff. But not, not they get ready nine yet. players. Not ready, though. Ah. Not ready. All right, we'll, uh, we'll come back with the 7 o'clock hour. Chris Hammer talking college football right here on the bottom line. Life happens for those that show up, and we're glad you showed up with us on Nunchucks the Truth Tuesday. The bottom line brought to you by Coors Light on AM 1300. The Zone. My man C. Breezy, Chip Brown, holding Come it on. down. Shannon B. Sweeney behind the glass, and it's your boy Harbaugh Harge. And joining us as he does every Tuesday at this time, national writer for 24-7 Sports. You can go over to his Twitter page, at Chris underscore Hummer. And he will give you the latest and the greatest. What's up, Chris? Not much, guys. Thanks for having me on, as always. I appreciate it. Uh, before we get into everything that's moving and shaking in the world of college sports, and especially football, I want to ask you about this LSU lineman that has now decided to opt out along with Jamar Chase, their top wide receiver, Bolitnikoff winner. Tyler Shelvin has decided to opt out. What are you hearing about that? Tyler, like, it's that's an interesting one. Jamar, like, I was a little surprised specifically because I reported about a month ago Jamar was going to play. His father told me that, and that kind of seemed to be the end of it. That shifted a little bit because I think uh, his family kind of got in his ear a little bit about the risks of playing. Tyler Tyler's more unique because he was a guy that some people had projected as the top defensive tackle in this class, but he still had a ton to prove. Like, he was one of those guys that I think – throughout his career has maybe struggled to keep his weight down a little bit. Like he needed this year a film for the NFL in my opinion, but I guess in this off season, he decided it wasn't really worth the risk and he decided to sit out. And with that happening, I think LSU returns just five starters off that national championship team. Mm. So it's a huge blow. I think they are down to 70 scholarships. Uh, that roster has been ravaged both by uh, players leaving for the NFL, transferring, and then opting out. So it's a, it's been a really rough offseason for LSU. Hummer, I, I was dead wrong on the portal. I, I was texting you furiously at the beginning 
uh, right when the Big Ten and Pac-12 said they were not doing fall football, and I figured it would be like O'Hare Airport. It wasn't. Now, what are we seeing in the portal? It's been, I was, I thought it'd be a little slower than you did, but I thought we'd see a lot. But overall, it's been really slow. I think maybe total we've seen 10 players from the Big Ten and the Pac-12 kind of hop in, and none of them have been superstars. Like, I've heard rumors of a couple guys maybe jumping in the portal, but it hasn't happened. And with kickoff in a lot of cases being in a week, like, it's just, it's not going to happen. Um, I think what there is is we have limited scholarship space available at a lot of these schools and um, impetus for guys to jump in and kind of move on um, is a lot uh, less than you might expect. Um, It's difficult to kind of get on a new roster and expect to play right away, um, as you might see. And it's also difficult for schools to find room. And then the super-duper stars like your Justin Fields, you might think they might want to transfer, but there's really no point. They could play football in the spring conceivably, and that's a big conceivably if the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decide to go ahead with January football. But like for the most part, these guys don't, the, at least the elite players as you were seeing with opting out across the country, don't have to play. So you kind of combine all those factors together, and the transfer portal's been a lot. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com more quiet than you might expect, despite the fact four conferences aren't playing football this fall. We're talking to national writer for 24-7 Sports, Chris Hummer. Chris, I wanted to ask you, too, I mean, as you start to look across the country and and you see what's happening, playing, not playing, the Big Ten came out and finally released that they did have a vote. Uh, 11 to 3 to not play, and the three teams being Nebraska, Iowa, and Ohio State. And then you look, high school football is being played in some of those states. Some of the other schools and other conferences are playing in those states. How bad is this for the Big Ten? It's like off, like the optics of this is not great. Um, it's going to hurt them on the recruiting trail in some ways. Though I would say um, I've heard this from a couple of coaches that they can sell, they care more about the players. Um, the Pac-12 might have an easier time of that. Because if you notice, you're not really seeing any unrest on the West Coast over there. Like, right. There's nobody 
going in front of the offices and protesting. They can really push player safety and caring about their players um, when they go on the trail. The Big Ten's a little weirder. You have lawsuits going into the conference. You have essentially athletic directors and administrations kind of just pushing back and trying to go rogue at times. It's a really, it's a really weird situation. And I think for years, the Big Ten was considered of the five Power Five conferences, either the best run or the second best run next to the ACC or the SEC. They were kind of your rock. Um, they are a really strong academic conference on top of that. And to see this level of kind of, um, I don't want to say incompetence, but of kind of the scattershot method this way it was kind of gone about is very odd. And it's not great. I don't think it's going to hurt. I don't really think it's going to hurt Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, or any of the individual schools outside of maybe having to deal with a little more negative recruiting than normal. But from just the general like perception standpoint nationally and kind of that, I don't. It matters a little bit with TV money and stuff like that. It's it's just not a great look. Yeah, I was. I, I'm very curious as to what the recruiting fallout is going to be uh, for the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Hummer, what what's your sense of of that impact, and when will we know? I mean, obviously signing day, but what uh, what's your sense of that right now? The negative recruiting has already started. Um, essentially, the pitch from schools like the SEC or the ACC or even the Big Twelve to a Big Ten or uh, Pac twelve recruit is, "Look how much more we care about football than the team you're going to go play for." But the thing I've heard from coaches on the other side of things is look how much more we care about your health and protecting you over the long term. Um, so it's going to be a balance. I don't, at the end of the day, like Ohio state's going to recruit like right. Ohio state. They have a pretty historic class right now in terms of recruiting average. Michigan's going to get theirs. Penn state's going to get theirs. So maybe it'll swing one or two players for one or two cycles, but over the long term, I really don't see an adverse effect for either league. Um, it sucks that there's no football this fall for those teams, and it might really affect them from a scholarship distribution standpoint. Like, it's going to be harder to say you're going to get X playing time when there's the possibility that 25% of your seniors stick around when they normally wouldn't. Um, and I think that's way more likely in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 when they're not playing a season than it would be in any of the other conferences. So that, that might impact recruiting more because recruits care about one thing overall and it's playing time. But in terms of like the negative recruiting aspect of this, it's going to have a small effect, no doubt. But I don't think it's going to be something that's going to last and reverberate for years. All right, so are you uh, pumped beyond belief for this Saturday at 3.30 when uh, SMU heads to San Marcos to take on Texas State? I figured you'd be asking me about that, Chip. I actually talked to Shane Buchel a couple of days ago for a story, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. It's that's what I'm talking about. Pony football. And uh, I know how much you love those ponies, chips. So it'll well, Mustangs. I don't know how good yeah. of a game it's going to be. I expect SMU to roll, but it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to have them on TV. I'm really pumped for the SMU TCU game in two weeks, though. That's going to be a barn burner, I think. That's so, going to be on Friday. Are you hearing that they're going to move it to Friday? Friday the 11th. I think that's a possibility. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. Get that stage. Time Friday action. Oh yeah, Iron Skillet stage all to themselves. Harge loves that they as play. It should be as, right. as it should be. That's a that's the marquee matchup in college football. <laughs> Harge always asks me who's cooking the eggs in that iron skillet. <laughs> Hummer, <laughs> you're the best. Let's do it again next week when we're in game week for the Longhorns. You kidding me? 
Oh man, it can't come fast enough, guys. It can't come fast enough. No doubt. We man, we're manifesting it. We're Let's manifesting college believe. football into existence. It's amazing. <laughs> there he is, Chris Hammer, on a uh, No Chucks of Truth Tuesday. It's the bottom line. Oh yeah, six fifteen, seven fifteen. We talk Texas. Brought to you by Realistic Constructors. And good conversation with Chris Hummer. We will talk to Quan Cosby and the Hard Knocks Life coming up in the next segment and get his thoughts on his time with the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Two of Chip's favorite organizations. Favorite run. Well, <laughs> and we gotta we gotta it's always fun talking to Quan. We had Jordan Shipley on last week and Ship couldn't stop saying enough good things about Quan and what having Quan on the other side of the field meant to Shipley's success. Yeah. yeah. They were they were the top receiving duo in Texas football history and put on a show. Yeah. In two thousand eight when Texas should have played for the national championship. And ended up beating uh Ohio State in the bowl game. Right. Yep. McCoy to Quan for the yep. game winning touchdown. Yeah, he told he told the story about how he looked at uh, Colt before because Colt went to another route when they saw that look, and Colt threw the ball the other way, and Quan went back to the huddle and said, "If we ever have that look again, you better throw me the ball." And touchdown, game over. Way to go, Colt knew to look. Yep, <laughs> and it was there. And we were talking about this leverage program because I think this is brilliant. What Texas did yesterday in announcing. Uh, a program aimed at student helping student-athletes maximize their ability to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. This will go into effect in the 21-22 school year, but why not get out in front of it now? Start talking about all the things that UT offers that other schools can't, like the Longhorn Network, Hello. the only national television network with 24-7 coverage dedicated to a single university, and just make it sound huge. The, the four areas that Texas is going to stress in this program to help UT student-athletes, personal branding and brand management, business formation and entrepreneurship, opportunity management, and financial literacy. They all go hand in hand. They yep. are all a part of each other, and that's how you formulate a brand. Because we talk about it. When those kids are being recruited by uh, Texas and they send out those images with their names on it and try to make their little logo, that's part of it. That's part of it. Now, Texas owns that. so you. But now you have an idea of how you can create your own and what you can make out of it. Well, if you'd asked me five years ago if Texas was in the right position to maximize this, I'd have said no. Right. Because... They were basically operating with one hand tied behind their back. Straight it, disarray. It took Chris Del Conte coming in and streamlining everything, getting everything on the same page, not having women's athletics, fighting against men's athletics, and Chris Plonsky holding everyone back. It took Chris Del Conte coming in and charging forward and now you look at the social media of Texas football and you say, oh, oh yeah, they know what they're doing. Right. And, and so when they come out with a, this program, it actually resonates. It sounds like, wow, okay, 
They're on top of it. You remember when we had TJ Ford here uh, about a year and a half ago? He was sitting here and he was telling us about Tennessee's social media. He said, have you seen what Coach Barnes is doing with their social media? And I went over and looked at it. It was amazing. They they were right there in the mix with it. So this is a but, – but to your point, it's the only – University that has got a TV show dedicated to it, a TV station dedicated to it that is nationally televised. So, yeah, Texas is one of a kind with the Longhorn Network, but now people are they're scrambling to put that department together. But Texas was already ahead of that too. Drew Martin with the advertising and the things that they've done and put together, and being able to recognize that symbol of whatever it is that you want. Like Sam Ellinger is going to probably miss out on this because I doubt Sam will come back even though he will be able to have another year, but I doubt he would depending on what happens with the draft. But when you look at that and what he is and what he's becoming, I mean, he's in the Macomb School of Business. So he's been learning this stuff and trying to put things together that might be able to help him, teaching you how to be an entrepreneur. We talked about what Kirk Johnson was doing when he was working, when he was at the University of Texas, Kirko's camera, whatever it was, his TV show, his station. He had already started doing things like that. The opportunity and the financial literacy is the main thing that we have talked about, and kids don't get enough time of learning how to manage their money. That is, to me, something that should be taught right along. I mean, that is math. Yeah, fundamental. So forget algebra. Right. And trigonometry, stuff you're never going to use, and teach financial responsibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is, that's, that's stuff you can use for the rest of your life that will help this whole country. For sure. To understand the power of saving money, compound interest, the, the detriment of interest rates on your credit card. Yep. Knowing that one late payment, they're going to jack your interest rate through the roof. And, and you your need, credit score. Right. Yep. And what a credit score means right. to your life. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And I believe that from the very beginning because I was fortunate enough to get drafted out of high school with not having that side of it. I didn't have that information for me. I mean, it, 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 when these guys get this opportunity, and we talk about it all the time, Chip, about the show Broke. We talk about all the players and, and the percentages of when – football players, basketball players, baseball players go broke after a certain time, after they get out of the league. It's all about understanding the how to make your money work for you. And I think that's important because these kids are going to make a lot of money because, like you said, the boosters. The boosters, you can't control what they're giving these kids. Ah! This is going to be what it is as far ah! as the, as far as the money that is being generated by whoever. What are you going to do? Where's the receipts? What are we doing for this? What are we doing for that? How am I balancing this? Because you're going to have to record tax money. You're going to end up paying taxes on some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. So you're, you're going to taxes have to, on all of it. Right. So you're going to have to be able to manage this situation where you're not caught looking for something else to pay for what you just got. Robin Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. Come on, man. So don't be doing that. This is good, though. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see this. And it's really good because I got a kid that's about to be 12 that's growing up that's a pretty decent athlete so i want to see uh, what happens with that too come on we need man. to start creating his image let's go <laughs> create that image yeah yeah ufc austin or there fc austin yeah, austin fc I, I was trying to yeah. be like ufc you <laughs> i was like we've been there 
Dish fuck fear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's embarrassing. All right, let's come back with Quan Cosby in the Hodge Knox life. We'll do it next right here on the bottom. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, yeah. Arch. Enlighten us, my man, in the Hard Knocks life. Well, joining us now on the hotline, he is a lifetime Longhorn. You see him all over the place. He actually played golf in the last couple of weeks with Sergio Garcia, and he thinks he's good hey on now. the links. He thinks he's good on the links. Former member of the Denver Broncos, Indianapolis Colts, Cincinnati Bengals, and, of course, the dismal Jacksonville Jaguars, our man, Quan Cosby. Q, what's happening, baby? <laughs> hey, my golf game has gotten a little bit better, baby. I'm telling you. I'm scared. It still needs, it still needs some work, but it's gotten a little bit better. A few pointers from my man Serge, and I'm actually hitting a few fairways. But no, How, I'm good. How you feeling? How'd you, how'd you get into that golf game? Um, you know, well, Serge's wife is a really good friend of mine, and uh, he, he's smart. He's from Spain, so he found him a Texas girl and uh, <laughs> fell in love, and you know how that works. We've all been there. And, um, and, and then, really, honestly, uh, the Save Muni perspective, uh, Scotty Sayers, Ben Crenshaw, those guys have been championing in that for a long time. So just to get a little pub, uh, we went out there, and um, – that that course is not Sergio friendly, aka he drove every par par four. So I mean, it's just too it's too easy, man. I mean, it's, it's too easy. And then they hadn't played on it for a little while, so it was like uh, uh, putting on um, wool. So it was, uh, you got to love Muni. Uh, it was cool that Serge did that. He walked most of the course, and and like I said, it was just. Uh, for for pro players, um, it's a little too easy for them because golf is not that easy. But um, when you're putting for eagle on 13 of 18 holes, I guess uh, it's it's going to be a good day. So no, that, that's how it all worked out. Wow, man. wow, that's awesome stuff, man. I, I'm glad that you getting the chance to do that and showing Sergio Austin, Texas. But I want to talk to you about how bad Duval Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> organization. Oh man, it, it's so many things that's bad about Jacksonville. Um, and, and I'll, I mean, I'll start with even getting there. I get in my rental car and I drive around and I finally go to a gas station. And bro, they don't even have things for cards. You have to go in and put your card in like this uh, jailhouse little bucket <laughs> and, and roll it over, and then they swipe it and tell you how much. So that's one. And then you go to the actual organization and. And the league, again, this is the NFL, man. But this was the only team where I knew a three guy faking injuries so they did not have to play for this organization. Wow. Uh, Coach Malarkey, when I was there, was atrocious. And I remember I was in a, in a meeting, and it was Shipley there, A. Ross, and me. We were all there at the same time. And I'm in probably my second meeting, and it goes on. And both the coach and the special teams coordinator get into an argument. And, and, Re- and Ross leans in. He's like, Q, welcome to Jacksonville. <laughs> wow. And I was like, 
where am I? And, 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 I, and that was, I'll tell you what Jacksonville did for me. I had never had one ounce of coffee until I got to Jacksonville because it, it, I truly needed to wake up. I wanted no part of it. So Jacksonville started my semi-coffee drinking. So that tells you a small portion of what that organization was. Wow. Well, compare that, Quan, to some of your other stops in the NFL. Like, you know, give us an example of a, a, a team that does it right compared to Jacksonville. So I kind of had the worst. Uh, I had, like, layers of it. So I thought Cincinnati was not that great either until right. I got to Jacksonville. And I was like, <laughs> you know, man, you know, Cincinnati, it was really about kind of how they feed you. The, just the owner's pretty cheap. And, and, and they, they have finally gotten better now that the league forced them to actually play their players. So I thought they were pretty bad. And then go to Denver. Denver and, and Indy, they do it right. Simple as that. You wake up, you, you pull up to the spot. Um, everybody from, you know, the janitor to John Elway knows you. Um, you have a chef uh, in the in the back, a couple in the back. You have a um, you know someone grilling at lunch, steaks, whatever you want. That is the league spread, and to a certain degree, we got pretty spoiled at UC. We we were used to that type of treatment, and um, that's what you got. And really, out of all of them, it was because I wasn't at any long enough. But it was the Broncos who truly felt like an NFL organization. Uh, the owner comes in, he knows everybody. He's asking what can they do better, food good, things great, snacks, just the, the city in general. And so that's that, that's the comparison. And, and especially considering I went to Jacksonville after truly being at Denver, I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, I'm ready. For, I want to go back to Texas. I, I'm done with NFL football after that stuff. <laughs> It, it, it literally, and I don't think I even watched NFL for a year or two after I finished that organization. I was like, no, nah, man, I, y'all have the wrong idea of what's really going on over there. That, that place is trash. And so it was, it was, it was not even a little bit. And, and, and I'm, I promise you, I mean, I, when Schiff finished, he was done after that too. And, uh, and I think that was A Ross's last stop. So, man. I mean, and when I say players, I'm not talking about, you know, me, a guy who's special team and, and, you know, just kind of, no, no, it was their starting running back. And if you can look back to that year, I, matter of fact, it was funny because one day I actually thought he switched foot, uh, switched feet as far as which one was hurt. Um, <laughs> was that Fred I was Taylor? Like, yep. I was like, bro, and I, I was like, no, no, it wasn't him. It was a, it was a small guy. Okay. But, um, it, Maurice Jones. Uh, and, and I was like, I could have sworn he was limping on his other one. <laughs> but, and then uh, – Another receiver did the same, and then a, and a, and a DB did, mm. and, and they they were laughing, and it was kind of, it was so funny. Even the trainers knew they were just like, "Nah, I ain't risking anything else with this organization. We're trash. We have two wins, and that's the type of stuff you saw, and, and you see that in bad organizations. I mean, it's it, it's it's crazy because I've heard stories like that in a couple of more, but it it, it was a really rough few weeks uh playing in and for Jacksonville well you mentioned uh Jordan Shipley and he he got uh you know named one of the inductees into the UT Hall of Honor we had him on last week and he he couldn't stop saying enough good things about you and how important you were to his success you guys were the most prolific receiving duo in Texas football history just talk about the chemistry that you two had and and how you helped each other Man, you know, it was, it's funny that it works that way. And, and, and we were all over the place, uh, both of us, uh, season, especially by the time of my senior year. 
uh, one of Jordan's senior years. After he had a couple <laughs> and, um, and and we was it, it goes it started. It, we always talk about when it starts. You know, do it start on game day? No, it starts Sunday. Really, as we're watching film, and I laugh because there's so many times we'd be like, "Hey, Coach Kenny, hold on, we're gonna we're gonna go in here and tell Coach what we just saw." And and on so many levels, that chemistry between Coach Ship and I. And being on the same page was just huge because we found holes. Uh, we we dissected, you know, if anyone ran a zone, you're in trouble because one of us was going to, you know, find a way. And even our, our guys, our young guys, you know, uh, James Kirkendall, Brandon Collins, Malcolm Williams, they all bought and, and they just bought into such a kind of a machine of uh, of uh, guys just rocking and rolling. But, no, Ship is right, man. We – we were, you know, two peas in a pod. Uh, it's a funny, so funny because we're so similar in a lot of ways. A lot of people joke that we're the white, black bird, which is so funny because we we were on Cincinnati together. We were on Jacksonville together. And I'm like, why do they keep getting the same guy? <laughs> and, and a white guy and a black guy. And, like, and, and, and almost on Tampa Bay, when he was on Tampa Bay for that short stint, I actually went in. And it's an interesting story about, what's it? I forgot that coach. He was at Rutgers. He was kind of a, Oh, Shiano, Greg Shiano. Oh, that guy. Oh, I can't stand that dude. So I, I go in, and um, you know, Ship had had a, a tough game, and I guess they were going to let him go. And so I, I get called, and they're like, "Hey, you know, you're working out." So he comes in, and he was like, "Hey, man, are you going to be okay with uh, replacing your boy?" And I said, "Nope." He's like, "What?" I was like, "No." I say, "I mean, if if y'all are going to let him go, I get the job. I'm going to do my job." I was like, "But." If you're saying I'm okay with my dude getting fired, then that's stupid. <laughs> oh, dude, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't talk to me for the rest of the deal, and clearly I didn't play for, for Tampa Bay, so he didn't like my answers. So, but, but going back to it, man, Ship is one of the best in the business, one of the best people I know, and certainly one of the best receivers to ever go through UT and, and just outwork anybody, everyone. You had to pull him out of the weight room. Uh, he's deserving times 10, man. He's just and what's cool about it is, you know, 3A guy, Vernon, Texas, uh, of course, 2A Mart, and just small-town dudes coming in there and, and wrecking shop and making things happen for UT. Yeah, that was that that 08 team I, I thought should have played for the national championship. That was that was such a special team because you and Ship were together. The next year, you know, you moved on. Of course, you won the national championship in 05, started your career a little earlier than, than Ship, but – um, when you think back to that 08 season, Quan, I mean, what do you think of? Man, that, you know, I, I think of, um, you know, uh, respect is not given, it's earned, because we weren't given a lot of it at, at that point. And next thing you know, we beat Oklahoma, who was number one. Not just beat, we beat that, you know what, in Dallas. <laughs> and, um, and they were digits. I mean, they had Gresham, they had uh, Bradford, they, they had some dudes on that team, and we just went in there and took care of business. I think of Roy William, Roy Miller. I think of Brian Arakpo. I think of Mulcaroy. And, of course, our guys, uh, you know, Chris Obanaya. What I think is just a team. You know, I, I literally, that team has so much of what I try to do in daily life and regular life as far as just coming together, you know, um, just knowing how to lead. And I think of leadership because I, that, that really truly – on both sides of the ball, what it was about. You know, we had the young guys of Earl Thomas and all of them, but they were super young. I mean, they were freshmen and, and maybe, uh, you know, Chris Brown and Shockey sophomores. So 
the, the way that they listen to uh, our captains and, and the leadership and, and more than anything, one of the most talented teams, I feel like, to, to roll through that people know and they kind of talk about, but don't always maybe give up Miss Dude, but that team was loaded and we were ready to take on anybody. And if we wouldn't have gotten screwed, thanks to the Big 12 stupid rules, uh, I told Tebow, speaking of Denver, I told Tebow we would have beat that butt. <laughs> and he laughed and actually ended up bringing his ring and showing me. So I <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, I told him it would have been on. He said he would have loved that more than anything. So, no, just a super talented team, but a lot of great dudes and leaders. Yeah, no, it was great, uh, great stuff. Appreciate hey, you, brother. Quan, thanks, man. Great, great conversation as always. For sure, and hey, don't expect anything different from Jacksonville, man. That's Oregon's trash. Oh. <laughs> Y'all have a good one, man. Appreciate it, bro. All right, there he is, Quan Cosby, breaking it down. It's the bottom line. Great stuff with Quan Cosby and Hard Knocks Life. Uh, get to the podcast page if you missed any part of that. And we will talk to our man John McClain coming up at 8 o'clock, get the latest on the NFL and his take on the Jaguars and, and the fire sale of talent that the Jaguars have uh, conducted, causing many to, to wonder if they're tanking for Trevor. But Harge, last night, the NBA, the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets. So, to me, the Rockets with... James Harden and Russell Westbrook are like a violin. They have to be perfectly tuned or it sounds like crap. And when those two, when their energy is not aligned right, and they're not feeling each other, it's a mess because they're too powerful of personalities and too powerful in terms of their presence of the game they're either like a finely tuned violin or they're like magnets pushing each other away. And no greater example of that than in the final seconds when Russell Westbrook thinks Harden is in, in a certain place. He throws a pass behind him and goes out of bounds. It's a turnover with the game on the line. Right, and, and that, they did that a lot last night. If you was watching the game from the very beginning, they turned the ball over on every opportunity that they had. And here's the biggest thing for me about these two guys. They drive you nuts because they are that enigma. I mean, one week you're looking at James Harden and he can't miss a shot. He is lighting it up. He's coming across half court, dribble, 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 jacking the thing up. And last night he was getting frustrated because Dennis Schroeder was in his chest. And that is the thing that people don't really talk about is, yeah, they, they've been playing bad, but that OKC defense – they're ferocious, and they got energy on top of energy on top of energy. And we had a thread going last night, and everyone kept saying, that just goes to show you that Chris Paul was not the problem in Houston. It's because he is a leader, and he tries to direct the team in the right way. He's the president of the Players Association. He is in, he's used to being in charge. James Harden is the man in Houston, and he does not want to relinquish that. So when you look at the, the, the complimentary players didn't play well last night for Houston either. Eric Gordon, he kept shooting on top of shooting on top of shooting. He was 3 of 12 from the field, Chip. Oh, yeah. And just Jack, I mean, he shot one ball. And- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It hit the side of the rim, and he was almost at a straightaway jumper. I'm like, it is terrible. And P.J. Tucker, he's playing 38 minutes. He shot 37% from the field last night. So their complimentary players have to be able to step up. OKC's bench stepped up. That's the difference in this game. You can't have 22 turnovers in a game either. And to your point, a crucial part of the game, you can't turn it over at the end of the game especially. Well, and Chris Paul – I can't say enough about him. Leadership, bro. He's 35. Leadership. Your prime in the NBA is 25 to 31. He's four years past his prime. And last night, he had 28 points, seven rebounds, three assists, three steals. He did it all. He scored 15 in the fourth quarter. He scored eight of their last 12. We've seen that before, though. We've seen him but take over a game at the end. And he's, t- and he's doing it against Russell Westbrook, who's one of the best defenders in the NBA, and he's getting where he wants to go and delivering the goods. I like I like Oklahoma City because they're a team. Right. And yep. like you said, they got good, youthful, they're long. They're long. They can shoot. And then you got uh, Steven Adams there in the middle who's just cleaning glass. And remember, uh, Houston doesn't have a big right. man in the Right, they don't have a big mid. man. And that is a problem because they think they can play that, spread them out, and go. But just like in the in, – we'll get into the Miami Heat game too. What they did to Giannis, they're not letting you go into the lane. They are sitting there and telling you, you are not getting in here and you're not getting free throws. Remember, Harden used to get to the free throw line at least 20 times. He used to get to the free – last night he got to the free throw line eight times. He was 3 of 11 from three-point land. He, they're, yeah, they're they didn't not gonna, shoot. They, they did not shoot free throws last night at all. I mean, they were nine of twelve. Right, but and normally they're shooting like thirty free throws. Right, right. But, yeah, and they're not getting those cheap calls. There's no fan interaction where the referees are getting punked by the by the fans by that energy. It is straight basketball, and you know as well as I do. Like we talk about in the NCAA tournament, it seems like the the refs hold their whistle. They don't call the fouls that they would call during the regular season. And I think everyone's looking at James Harden and saying, dude, you play sloppy basketball, but you get away with it. Like Always throwing his head back. He's not. And then with Russ, Russ is just out of control sometimes. He had seven turnovers last night. Right. Harden and Westbrook had a combined 12 turnovers last night. And those are your two leaders. Right. Those are your two those leaders. Those are your alphas. Right. And like I said, if they get in sync and and you get a good complimentary performance from a guy like Jeff Green and and House and, and PJ, then the Rockets will win game seven. Even Austin Rivers have had some good right. good games. Ben McLemore's had some good games. Now it's just like And those two did nothing last night. Right. So the Thunder, man, if you're Billy Donovan, you're sitting there saying, okay, we didn't play that great either. Thank you. Say say the name again. Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan. is a good oh, yeah? coach. He just has some crazy dude. And you got another coach in – they both played point guard. 
Chris Paul and Billy Donovan. Oh, yeah. Russ wanted to be out of control, go fast and do everything. James Harden, obviously what he does. And Paul George didn't do anything for them last year, so they moved from him. But when you get a guy like Chris Paul who has something to prove as well, and he can go out there and dominate. Because if you look throughout the game, because I, I like watching everything that's happening on the sides a lot. He's coaching those players the entire time. He's got his arm around their necks telling them, hey, man, you need to make sure you go here. You need to cut right here. You need to watch this. He's coaching those guys on the court during timeouts and during free throws. Look at the Rockets team. They're not talking. They're too busy complaining to the referees about everything. Quit complaining and go hoop. That is going to be the downfall of the Houston Rockets because I, I, I feel so bad because DJ, my, 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 my 11-year-old, is a huge Houston Rocket fan, more of a Westbrook fan, and he is distraught during these types of games because he looks at – you've been around him. He, we're choking. We're choking. We're choking. He sits there and he looks at it and he breaks down because he's analytical about the games too, and he's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Think about this. Think about this. The Rockets traded Chris Paul yeah. uh, to the Thunder for Russell Westbrook, and the Thunder also got first-round picks in 24-26 and the right to swap first-rounders in 21 and 25, and the Thunder are one game away from eliminating, from eliminating the team yeah. that traded First round picks and Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. Well, let's go. Game seven, baby. Game seven. <laughs> and Westbrook has never gotten out of the first round since KD left. All right. If you got to be somewhere at eight, you better hustle. It's the bottom line. Yeah, the immortal words of Judy Brown. Happiness is a choice. We're happy you spend some time with us on a Nunchucks of Truth Tuesday, a Texans Tuesday. Hope you'll take a second right now to become an organ donor and sign up to give the gift of life at DonateLifeTexas.org. We need your help. Uh, let's go to the hotline right now, though, as we said, a Texans Tuesday, and talk to our Texans and NFL insider John McClain of the Houston Chronicle. Read him at TexasSportsNation.com. John, how you doing? Doing great, guys. Nine days away from the Texans and the Chiefs game. I'm excited about it, planning to be there. Uh, should be unprecedented circumstances. First time I've been to Arrowhead Stadium where they didn't have many fans since the year before Marty Schottenheimer and Carl Peterson got there as head coach and general manager, and they averaged about 25,000. That's going to be interesting to be in a stadium with so few fans. They ordinarily seat 77,000, and I think we'll have protests by both teams. So then, of course, they'll play a football game with artificial noise over television. Don't know if they're going to have artificial noise in stadiums where you have 20,000, 25,000 fans, but it's going to be unprecedented, and I'm excited about it. So, John, have they said how the press box is going to work? We still haven't heard from Texas about how the press box is going to work on game day. Everybody will be socially distanced. You can't get as many as you ordinarily would. I know here the Chronicle ordinarily gets eight credentials. We get four. And um, on the road, we send three people. And um, 
I'm not sure yet how many we're sending. I don't know if after the first game we'll cover. Some cities' media outlets are not going to cover because all your interviews are on Zoom. Like if I go in Kansas City, I'll be there and watching a game from the press box, and it's way up at the top. So I'll be watching on the TV above me. I will be watching on the scoreboard. I'll have binoculars, but I'll spend most of the time watching a game on TV because of my location being so far away. And I could do that at home. Nobody gets a one-on-one interview this season. They're all done by Zoom. So afterward, every outlet in Houston or any outlet in the country really could come on the Zoom and ask questions. And the only thing I don't like about Zoom is you because there's so many outlets there that ordinarily do not come to the facility. So when Bill O'Brien talks ordinarily, if I got five or six questions, I can ask him now. I'll be lucky if I can get more than usually it's no more than three. Wow. That's going to be it's going to be an interesting take for the rest of the year. We don't know how long that's going to last, though, though. Right, John? Uh, well, we don't. Mike, nobody's got any idea, really, but that's the plan. Like most teams are saying, Texans, they've announced they won't have any fans in September. That's one home game in September. Second one is in, is on uh, October 4th. I'd be surprised if they have any there either. Texans opening schedule. First four games is by far the toughest in the NFL. Their opponents were 44 and 20 last year at Kansas City, host Baltimore at Pittsburgh, host Minnesota. Minnesota just got better with that trade with Jacksonville to bring in defensive end Yannick Galway, who they know very well from going against him twice a year with the Jaguars. And once they get through that. First four, then they have, I think, Green Bay in the sixth. And after that, the schedule, the only two teams that made the playoffs last year were New England and Tennessee, and they beat both those teams. And uh, so it's an it, it's going to be an interesting start. I figure the Texans, I predicted them go 0-3 and 1-3. And, and, of course, fans of all in media will be howling <laughs> to fire Bill O'Brien, but that won't happen. So, John, I wanted to ask you, now that we get to talk about it, the things that are going on in the field. Um, what's going on with David Johnson, and how is he fitting with what's going on with uh, Deshaun Watson? Well, Deshaun Watson has looked good since since he got there, since the first time I saw him in pads. You know, it's his fourth season, his third full season as a starter. He's got a new play caller, Tim Kelly, offensive coordinator, who's been there since Bill O'Brien got there. It's hard to believe O'Brien's still around seven years later. But uh, Watson <laughs> looks great. But, you know, it's different when nobody's chasing you. But his passes last week, they had a scrimmage in NRG Stadium. They didn't hit anybody or take anybody to the ground, but they went through their whole routine for a night game since the Kansas City opener is in prime time. And Watson only missed two passes. He threw deep ones. He threw corner routes, slant routes. He just, you know, he's a great young quarterback. And, uh and David Johnson, since he can't be hit, but he's 100%, one of the things, I knew he's a really good receiver, but watching him and Duke Johnson, the other back, and Duke Johnson did this last year when he rotated with Carlos Hyde, who couldn't catch a cold, but David Johnson makes catches all over the field, down the sidelines, down the middle. Both those guys, they have some formations with two running backs at the same time in which they could run. 
They can throw it to both of them anywhere. They can line up wide in the slot, start off in the backfield, go in motion. So there are a lot of options with, for Tim Kelly, the coordinator. And David Johnson, everybody's eager to see. He's 228 pounds. He's healthy. And he's like a he's, – if he's – they – they really expect big things out of him. And a lot of people are down on having him come from Arizona. And I pointed out, I said, last year nobody thought anything about Carlos Hyde when they traded for him after Lamar Miller went down for the season and he had his best season of his career. Now, David Johnson's not going to have the best season of his career. That was in 2016 in Arizona when he had over 2,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. But they take what he did two years ago, 1,400 yards rushing and passing and 10 touchdowns. Man, we got a lot to talk to you about, uh, John McClain. But you mentioned the Jaguars, um, and my goodness, fire sale. This is uh, – you, you've, you've been around the Jaguars a ton because they're in the Texans division. Is this – is this as bad as you've seen a team just unload talent? I mean, two years ago, they're in the AFC Championship game. If you go back to 2011 through last season, only once have they won more than six games. And that was in 2017 when they were 10-6 and six and almost won in Foxborough in the AFC Championship game. They had six players on that defense. I think it was six, maybe it's five players who were pro bowlers, and they're all gone. Their number one picks. Now they've it's it's amazing and how Dave Caldwell, the general manager, keeps his job. But Tom Coughlin was part of that too. So it looks like they've gone to the owners and they said, Look, we want to try to get Trevor Lawrence. We want to try to get Justin Fields. Now, uh I don't know. It's it just looks like they're tanking. It just does. And cutting for net Leonard Fournette, their running back, didn't surprise me because he'd given them a lot of problems. And uh, they tried to trade him. Nobody would give anything for him. I'm sure he'll pass through waivers. Then he'll be unrestricted. And he's been a pain off the field, but not not a cancer in the locker room like some guys. And uh, so I'm sure he'll get a job. And he's already tweeted that he'll be a different player with the new team. I'm sure his agent told him to do that, but it is amazing. It's, Texans love it, of course, because they play them twice. The only thing we know about the AFC South is Jacksonville is doomed for the basement. It seems like that's right where they want to be. So let me ask you this, now that you brought that part up, uh, what do you see the Houston Texans doing? You said they're probably going to start off 1-3, maybe 0-3, but what I mean 0-4. What are your thoughts on where the, the Houston Texans finish this year. Our football section came out Sunday, Mike, and I picked them to start to start 0 and 3 and 1 and 3 and finish 10 and 6 again. Two years ago when uh, they beat your Cowboys here, <laughs> sorry, they started uh 0 and 3 and they won back-to-back overtime games at Indianapolis and here over Dallas and they went on a roll and finished 11 and 5. And uh, maybe they'll surprise somebody and beat Kansas City or Baltimore. They certainly had the revenge motive for both games. They lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs by 20 after blowing a 24-0 lead. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChampaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. One at Arrowhead last year, 31 to 24 in regular season, and then Baltimore handed them their worst loss in Baltimore. So they have something to prove against both those teams. They play at Pittsburgh where Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, and they got a, they got a break when the Steelers announced there'd be no fans. And I've been to a lot of games in Pittsburgh since I started covering the NFL and not having to go in there with all those terrible towel-waving fans is certainly an advantage. And uh, so... They caught a break there, and then they get Minnesota. So if they could start one and three to me with that schedule, that'd be fine. If somehow they started two and two, it'd be miraculous. All right, we'll come back with John McClain. Much more to get into with him, including uh, his take on the Rockets. Uh, We'll do it next right here on the bottom line. No Chucks of Truth Tuesday talking to our Texans and NFL insider, John McClain. Thinks it'll be some rough, uh, rough going against the world champions in Kansas City. The Texans kick off the NFL season next Thursday, and John, the uh, the Houston Rockets, ay ay ay. I mean, they traded Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. They traded away first round picks, and and I said the Rockets with with Westbrook and and. Uh, and my man Harden are like a violin. When they're in sync, they sound great. When they aren't, it sounds terrible. Your thoughts on this Game 7 now between the, the Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder? Well, let me point out on Game 6 last night, Westbrook had been out a long time. He came back two games ago, played limited minutes, didn't do anything, and they wanted a blowout. And he played more last night, and he was awful. Uh, he wasn't awful going to the basket. He's never been a shooter. He should not be shooting threes. He shouldn't even be shooting for outside. And he had, I believe, six turnovers, and he w- had one that was just incredibly egregious at the end, which he was driving and kicked it back outside and threw it out of bounds, and that cost him the game. And James Harden didn't touch the ball on the last three possessions, which is preposterous. He made a great play on defense that kept him in the game, but and Chris Paul played great. So now it comes down to the seventh game. Whoever wins is going to get blown out in the next round. But the Rockets, the, we we in Houston expect if they lose, Mike D'Antoni to get fired. And I hate that because he's a great guy. They've been fun to watch, but they, they you know, they're. It's one thing if you lose to the Lakers, but it's one something else if you're losing to a Thunder, a team you are superior against, especially when you're up 2-0, and especially when you blow them out in the third in your third victory to go up three to two. So there are any reports that Mike D'Antoni would be hired by Indiana to, to take over the Pacers. So we'll see. It's just if they beat the Thunder in the last one, it'll prolong their agony. And if they don't, you know, there's going to be moves made. I don't think that uh, Tillman Fertitta, the owner, would fire Daryl Morey, the general manager, because Daryl, he's got a big-time contract, and uh, Tillman's businesses have taken a beating in uh, 
because of COVID-19, but I wouldn't expect them to stand pat if they blow this game tomorrow. So, John, I wanted to ask you about the Houston Astros. Obviously, yesterday in Major League Baseball was the trade deadline. The Astros decided not to make any moves. Now, uh, Verlander may be back soon. Uh, The other pitching staff may get back together, but they still need to find a closer. And for whatever reason, they decided that they don't want to hit this year. People are saying because they don't have any buzzers. Uh, What are your thoughts on what's happening with the uh, Houston Astros? It's amazing to me. They swept the A's. They were two and a half games back with one more game here. Then the A's had at least one or two players test positive. So, boom, you couldn't play. That was an advantage for the A's because the game's going to be made up in Oakland. And now you're not playing with home fans like you, you usually do. But still, the Astros were on a roll. They needed to play that game here. And uh, so they'll have a six-game series in September at Oakland and at the Dodgers. And uh, so um, they were playing really, really well. And what's amazing is the top of the lineup, George Springer and Jose Altuve, are not hitting. Altuve's off to the worst start I've ever seen him. He's hitting like 145 at Minute Maid Park. He's hit much better on the road than he does at home. And Springer hit a home run the other night, but he's – flirting with 200, and uh, at one point they'll put five guys out there hitting less than 200, but they have other guys who are who are clutch hitting, Kyle Tucker, who they've been waiting for him mm-hmm. to realize his potential. He's been tremendous, um, and uh, Guriel, Correa, they've had some other guys. Alex Bregman's been out for a while. He's down in Cor- Corpus at their alternate site. We think he's going to be gone a total of three weeks because of a hamstring injury. And the guy replacing him, Jack Mayfield, never has anybody been so misnamed. His nickname is Super Jack, and he's hitting about 145. But he can play a bunch of different positions. And Ryan Presley has emerged as their closer. He saved both ends of the doubleheader. He was the setup man while Roberto Asuna was healthy. But if Springer and Altuve ever start hitting, and if Bregman comes back and hits, this lineup should be very potent. It's amazing to me, Dusty Baker, what he's been able to do, losing Verlander, losing Osuna, Miss Michael Brantley for a while, Bregman out for three weeks. He hasn't had Brad Peacock, Chris Davinsky. And so he, they've overcome a lot of injuries because they have a lot of young pitchers who pitched well, and I don't blame them for not making a trade in a season like this because their minor league system was depleted. Traded four players last year for Zach Greinke, and he's been really good. But still, that was four of your best prospects. All right, last thing, John, the Baylor Bears will open the football season September 12th at home against Skip Holtz's Louisiana Tech uh, football team. Uh, your thoughts on, on the Bears under Dave Aranda heading into the season? Everybody's eager to see what Aranda can do. He won a national championship, of course, with LSU last year. Now he's a head coach for the first time. He's got Charlie Brewer, an experienced quarterback. He's got a lot of speed and talent at skill positions. The offensive line is pretty good. The big questions are on defense where they only had two or three starters coming back. 
That's his specialty. Larry Fedora, longtime head coach, who used to be an assistant coach at Baylor under Grant Taff and Chuck Reedy, is back to take over the offense. People are eager to see what Fedora does. It'll be, I think, more wide open than Matt Rule's. Probably more like Art Browse than Matt Rule. Everybody's fired up to see of what they're going to have under a new coach. Great stuff as always, John McClain. I can't wait to talk to you next week when we're in game week. Hey, I can't wait either, Chip and Mike. I know you guys are fired up too. and Appreciate you having me on as always. You guys stay safe and have a great rest of the week. Appreciate Same to you, my friend. Stay safe and keep the faith. We'll talk to Rick Barnes, former UT basketball coach, about the legend John Thompson and the newest inductees into the UT Hall of Honor, P.J. Tucker and D.J. Augustine. We'll do it next in the chip shot right here on the bottom line. Oh, yeah, let's go to the hotline, bring on a very special guest. Of course, a familiar name in these parts. Uh, he is the head coach of the Tennessee basketball team, former basketball coach, the Texas Longhorns, and he joins us now in the chip shot, Rick Barnes. Rick, how you doing? I'm doing good, Chip. How about you? Hey, trying to stay safe and keep the faith, you know? Uh, that's a good thing to do. Hey, <laughs> listen, uh, the first person I thought of when uh, when I heard that John Thompson passed away yesterday was you because of the story um, that you told about going into a gym in D.C. to recruit and John Thompson came over to you, all 6'10 of him, and said something like, are you lost? What Take, take us through that story and how, how that 6'10 presence was just so commanding. Well, you know, Chip, uh, the Big East Conference started in 1979 with the core schools being Providence, Boston College, St. John's, and Georgetown. And prior to John Thompson coming to uh, Georgetown, I think they had won two games, maybe back-to-back years. Mm. And when he got hired, I remember the president saying, uh, we just hope you can maybe get us to the NIT tournament every couple years. And so when I went to George Mason in 1980, that was a year after the Big East. Dave Gavitt had formed the Big East. And so during my time there, growing up in the ACC country in North Carolina, you know, I watched what was going on with the Big East, obviously, when once they added all the other schools and and watching him build that program. And, and I went there, and my job at George Mason my first year was obviously my first responsibility was recruiting, and I wanted to make sure that I covered the D.C. area, you know, Prince George County, Montgomery County, Fairfax, all of that. And at that point in time, he was really doing an incredible job of recruiting D.C., and at that time – basketball and it still is that's a great basketball area i mean uh, the summer leagues up there were unbelievable but and they had great programs for young kids and 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 you have to remember this was at a time when when drugs were really becoming very prevalent and uh you know that was during the you know the lenny baez era david thompson all those those players and uh but he became such a such a force in that area and but one morning uh they had a they had a boys club up there and uh I went into it at 8 o'clock one morning because I'd met a guy that said, if you want to get involved with the young kids or you need to be at this boy club, this boys club at 8 o'clock. And so I walked in there, and I promise you I was the only coach in there, and I was uh, right by the door sitting in a folding chair, and all at once somebody came in, and his exact words were, what are you doing here? <laughs> and and I, re- I, remember, I remember looking up. I didn't even stand up. I looked over my, over my shoulder, and I said, 
I'm just watching basketball. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so as that as time went on and, you know, over the next five years, I really watched him and I watched the Big East grow at just a phenomenal rate and watched him and, and the way he went about building a, a great basketball program, saw the impact he was making in so many things. And then leaving the area and coming back for a year at George Mason. And then I went to the Big East and, and he, I can only tell you this, he treated me so good, and I really believe the reason being, him being a Providence graduate, I was talking to Danny Gavitt last night, Dave's son, who now you know runs the NCAA championships, and he said that uh, that John had pulled him aside one time, Coach Thompson had pulled him aside one time and said, if it wasn't for your dad, I don't think I would have stayed at Providence. See, I, I grew up in D.C., played, at, I think, uh, Archbishop Carroll High School there, went up to Providence, you know, where obviously there weren't very many black students on campus. And he said, but your father made me feel like I belonged. And so when I went wow. into the Big East, the relationship between Dave Gavin and John Thompson was really, really thick. And and so I think Coach Thompson, because of my relationship with Dave Gavin and coaching at Providence College, whatever he treated me incredible, and the first time I was going to get to coach against him, was he had he had walked off the floor at the Boston College game. Right. Next game they come to Providence College, his alma mater, he boycotts the game. He doesn't come. He does not come to the game. And so they lay a chair a towel over his chair and uh you know Providence, you know, is his alma mater and, and uh, you know, and obviously what he was fighting for was right. And uh then a couple weeks later, three weeks, whatever, we go back to play and I'd been around all the coaches in the league at the Big East meetings that first year I was in the Big East before I'd ever coached the game. Coach Thompson never came to those meetings. And uh, he uh, – so I'm, I'm at the Cap Center. The old – it might still be there in, in Washington, D.C. Well, I used to drive around the Beltway when I was recruiting. And at night, you know, the Big East had their own network, so they might play a 7 o'clock game, an 8 o'clock game, or a 9 o'clock game. And they played 9 o'clock games at the Cap Center – I, after I saw my last high school games, if I were over in Prince George, Montgomery County, I would literally drive up to the Cap Center, and I could walk in the door past halftime. The doors were open, and I watched Georgetown basketball as an assistant coach at George Mason for you know years while that was going on. Wow. But uh, once I came back as a coach, and I go into the Cap Center, and I had never really, other than that encounter with him as a, an assistant coach i had not been around him i'd seen him and i'd watched him hold court at final fours and things like that but i never really where it was going to be he and i were going to interact and so i wasn't sure what to do before the game and so i'm sitting there thinking am i supposed to go up and shake his hand or what am i supposed to do and so i wait until i know he's out there and uh it's, it's funny that coaches think about these things before games right and so uh I'm waiting, and he and he had always put his hands behind his back, towel over his shoulder. He'd pace up and down, and uh, when I was waiting till I could catch his attention to see what kind of body language he gave me, and as soon as I, we caught eyes, he just nodded and said at me. So I felt okay. That's what that was what he wanted to do, and so I walked. I walked by him, and we don't say a word. You know, we don't say anything. We have an incredible game. We missed a shot that would have won the game, and we're walking off the court. I walk up to shake his hand. And, Chip, I kid you not, he grabbed me, and he put me in a bear hug and pulled me as close as you could pull someone. And so imagine, he's really seven feet tall, and I'm looking up to him, and my neck is bent back as far <laughs> as it can bend. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And he, and, he, and he looks down at me and he said, you a hell of a coach. <laughs> wow. I looked, up, I, looked up at him, I looked up at him and I say, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and and, but I, and so as time, as time went on, when we were around each other, he, he was, I mean, he always treated me well. And then when I left, Providence to go to uh, Clemson. He was the only. He was the only Big East coach that called me and said to me, "If you want to do well in that league at Clemson University, you have to be prepared to take on City Hall." And you know what he meant by that? Yep. You know the, the blue blood, the blue bloods. Yeah. And uh, so I took his. I, I did take his advice. That that I did do. <laughs> but uh, and then, la- then later on, obviously when he got out of coaching, you know he had a great radio show up there. And it, but he became an announcer, you know, for Westwood One and. And I, we crossed paths a lot, mostly during the NCAA tournament where we would talk and he'd interview me. And, you know, he, he, I had one of the great interviews with him one day. He was talking to me about Kevin Durant. He said, Coach, he said, you got a guy that can play inside. He can play outside. You know, he's got an arsenal of shots. He does this. He does that. And he named all these things. He said, what do you think about him? And I said, I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> 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 but, you know, the impact that he made, not just, I mean, in that area, Washington, Washington D.C., like I said, that, that was really, as I look back, was my greatest learning experience in college basketball, being an assistant at George Mason at the time. And, you know, you think about that area, you know, you had Leftridge Rizal, the head coach at Maryland. You had Gary Williams. You had a, a slew of other coaches at, uh, and, I mean, there were so many guys. Fran Dumpy was an assistant coach. Ed Taft's got all these guys who have gone on to have great careers. But, the summer leagues, we were all there, and and he had a he just had this booming presence about him, where you know uh, he uh, you knew he cared, and and he was out. You know, people might think that he you know people always told the story that he was a night owl. He stayed up all night, and and uh, but I just know this when when he needed to be out recruiting and make his presence felt, it it, it was felt in a very strong way. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that everyone seems to be saying across. The nation. We're talking to Rick Barnes, head coach at the University of Tennessee, former head coach at the University of Texas. And we wanted to follow it up and ask you about two of your former players, P.J. Tucker and D.J. Augustine. It was announced that they will be uh, two of 14 players, uh, former athletes at the University of Texas, that will be going into the Hall of Honor. I guess that makes you pretty proud to be the one that uh, brought those guys to the University of Texas. Well, you know, I'm, one I'm really proud, not just for our program there, but for coaches and the work that went into getting getting those guys there. And But, you know, I was excited a couple, you know, a week or so ago, uh, I got a call from Chris Del Conte to tell me that that was going to happen. And, and, uh, and you know, he was letting me call them and, and, and tell them. And uh, I called both of them. They were both in the bubble. And I tell you, both of them were so delighted. And then he later, he followed it up himself with a call to them. And, but they uh, – uh, they were just so just so excited, and uh, and they would tell you that they uh, actually they both of them told me they felt like being in the bubble, felt like being back in college. <laughs> and uh, but, but uh, they they really 
it meant something to them their time at Texas and being there on the forty acres and you when we know what they what they meant to the program. I mean PJ Tucker, you know, player of the year and DJ coming in at a time when with Kevin in that class when we had gotten down to only four players in the program with guys leaving early for the NBA and graduation and but uh, I'm really excited for them. I'm, I'm so happy with the way that their, their lives have turned. You know, PJ, uh, he and I talk, and you know, again the other night when DJ talks to their family, they're they're, they're family men. They they love the game. The game's been good to them, and and uh, I just love the men they've grown into. Yeah, no, it's it's great. How are you doing? It's always it's always good to catch up, RB. How how are you doing? How's how's everything? Uh, you know what? You, you, you know. Chip, I'm doing well. You know, like everybody with the pandemic, you know, we, we hunkered down here like you would expect in Knoxville. And uh, I think our university has done a tremendous – we've got great leadership here from our president of the system to our chancellor. And, you know, Coach Former, as a former coach AD, is, I mean, they've led us through this in a way that uh, it's really uh, – people will be proud of. I mean, they, they obviously care about the athletes first and their safety. But uh, our players, like I think most players right now, want to – get out and play you know we're in discussions about the start of the season when when's it going to be and, and all that i think we've got a chance here that we can learn something from football because you know they are again our conference has been a, i think great in the way they've gone about doing this uh, and i'm glad that the big 12 and the sec have, have ridden the wave with them and i think we're going to learn a lot from what goes on here in football and what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks but uh I'm doing well. My family's well, and I hope your guys, everybody, everything's good with you guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a it's been an incredible uh, summer. That's that's for sure. But we're longest spring break ever, Coach. Longest spring break ever, <laughs> no doubt about hey, it. You know what? One thing, one thing I'll tell you too about about Coach Thompson. Something happened when he was on the radio a couple years ago. Years ago, there was a really, really good. If I if I remember the story right, there was a really good radio personality up there a guy that really had a great following and you know i think he said something that was uh not correct politically and you know people were calling for his job and uh coach johnson came to his rescue he said look we don't need to fire somebody we need to educate somebody and i think that he personally met with this person and talked to him and i think that was a side that a lot of people didn't see of him and uh where he was doing some things that maybe people weren't aware of but he uh I do know this. He had he had a big heart, and he really did. And like I said, I'm I'm lucky that God let our our lives cross. And I've gotten to know both of his son. I was, you know, the coach of the Big East uh, foreign team one year, and his son Ronnie went on that team. And then later on, I got to know his son John, and uh, just you know, wonderful family. Well, I knew I needed to call you about John Thompson because I knew you would have such great perspective and and i hope everyone uh we'll we'll put this on our podcast page so everyone can hear it rick thanks so much uh for the time i know you're going 100 miles an hour but really appreciate it and uh stay safe and keep the faith thanks for having me love you guys all right rick barnes we'll come back give you a couple nuggets send you off to dan patrick on the bottom line i knew rick barnes would not disappoint on john thompson and he knocked it out of the park. Great stuff with Rick Barnes, former Texas basketball coach, now coaching at Tennessee. Who uh, Great stories about John Thompson, personal interactions with John Thompson from when Rick Barnes was an assistant coach at George Mason to when Barnes took over at Providence College where John Thompson attended college. And then the boycott. I mean, there's, there's, there was so much gold 
that was in that interview that people you don't get to see every side of a coach like that, right? So coaches have their own little meetings. They have their own little private sessions. But when that embrace that John gave Rick, that meant something to Rick. When he was hugging him and said, you're a damn good coach. That's big for his confidence too. Sure. You know what I'm saying? You 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 want the approval, as you, like you said, the godfather. You want the approval of someone that you respect – and then he gives you that nod where you almost beat him on the last second shot. You got the respect, man. Well, how about John Thompson being the only coach who called him when right. when Barnes took the Clemson job, right? And said, you know, you got to take on City Hall. John meaning, was ahead of his time, man. Meaning Dean Smith, who yep. was a mentor to John Thompson. Yep. So great stuff. If you missed any part of that interview, get to the podcast page. Rick Barnes also talking about. P.J. Tucker and D.J. Augustine and and how Chris Del Conte called Barnes and said, why don't you call them and tell them that they're going into the Texas Hall of Honor. Class act, man. Since you recruited them there, and that is. That class is, act by, is a class act. by Del Conte. That, that, is, that is good stuff right there. Really good. Um, really appreciate Rick Barnes because I'll, I'll never forget it, him telling me that story. We were on a road trip playing UConn. And we all were gathered in in their team hotel after after the game, and we were just talking about life in the Big East. And that's when he told me that story about John Thompson, about how he went into that boys' club looking for talent. And John Thompson walks up and says, "What are you doing here? Just watching basketball, coach." Uh, but good stuff there. And speaking of basketball. My man, Harge. Yeah, man. Oh, boy. Today at 4.30, your Toronto Raptors are trying to peel themselves off the deck. They got punched in the face pretty hard, Chip. Right. They got punched in the face pretty hard. And uh, Brad Stevens and the Celtics. Celtics are not to be played with. I mean, they are a team that seems to have the idea of the bubble and what they're going to get accomplished in place. I had expected this series to to go a long way, but that's not how this is happening, Chip. I, I, I'm looking at the way that they played the other night, and Marcus Smart, uh, we need to start giving Marcus Smart a little bit more credit for the type of player that he is. We used to give him a hard time because he was a flopper, and he still has a little bit of flop in him, but there was people talking about him being considered defensive player of the year. Being in that discussion, and he's got me nervous because the dude plays hard. He he frustrates the guard play of what uh, Toronto, who uses their guards to get into this deep run in the playoffs, and now it's being derailed by Marcus Smart, and he actually scored like twenty points last last game. So yeah, this is this is not looking good for my Raptors, dude. Well. It uh, the Celtics were on fire in that game, and it was not close. One twelve to ninety four. So the Raptors, you would expect to see their best shot today if if they don't answer in a resounding way. This this thing could be in trouble. Just like I think the Milwaukee Bucks are in trouble. Oh, Jimmy Butler! Can we talk about how Jimmy Butler went to work? Tom Ball, Texas, baby, San Jack, and then Marquette. Jimmy Butler is that dude, and now we understand 
why he wanted to get out of Philadelphia. He didn't he didn't have no he didn't have anyone that wanted to take charge like he does. And he has a lot of experience and we don't talk enough about the Miami Heat. I got my boy JT that I argue with all the time about this Heat team. And he always told me that this is a team that fights you. They fight you for everything. Everybody thinks of Miami with glitz and glamour and all that. Don't forget Pat Rowley's the mastermind behind that behind the, the wall peeping through telling you what they need to do. He's the godfather. And he's got that team rolling. And last night, I'm a little disappointed in your boy, Antetokounmpo. He's the defensive player of the year, and he did not check Jimmy Butler. That is a problem. He had 40, and in clutch time, Giannis disappeared. I didn't like that. Chip. Well, I said I thought the the winner of the East would come out of that Heat Pacers series, and we'll see. Boston looks really good, but yeah, I I was not buying the Bucks. I was not buying the Raptors. We'll see. We'll see what the Heat can do. But Jimmy Butler, you said it. He he wanted out of Philly. Everyone's like, why would you leave that young core? Right. Why would you leave Simmons and Joel Embiid when when you know? That, that team's on the rise, and he sensed the selfishness or the disjointedness, yep. and and by God, he goes to the Heat, and the Heat, woo, that looks good. Yeah. and The Jazz tonight, my man. Right, the Jazz. Game seven, Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray. That is good One-on-one stuff. basketball, my man. Right. One-on-one, let's go. Right. They fill it up. And come on, Royce O'Neal, let's go. I mean, I'm I'm trying to pull for your <laughs> for your man, Royce O'Neal. Come on, Donovan Mitchell. Yes, seven thirty. That game is on ABC tonight. So, yep, two good games yep. today. Yep. starting at four thirty in the NBA playoffs, and then Harge the um, Oklahoma City Thunder Houston Rockets series. I don't know why I'm pulling for the Thunder. I, you I'm, know why. I'm pulling for Chris Paul. Thank you. That's what I was about to see. He, he got dumped. State Farm. You pulling for State Farm, Chris Paul, with Alfonso Ribeiro? Oh, yeah. Or you pulling for Of course I'm real. your dad. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah, I'm pulling for Chris Paul in this one. I hate it. I'm sorry, Rockets fans. I hate to. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are feeling that way because they're starting to see that this this does not work. These two together is not working right now. I, I thought Russ coming back was going to be the equalizer and make things happen, but what it did was he's still trying to help OKC win. Oh, my. <laughs> and how about Russell Westbrook not getting out of the not getting out of the first round since KD left? Come on, man. He needs to get out of a first-round playoffs. He's like Tracy McGrady. We need this. We need this. What man. the? Come on. I need this for my son, DJ. All right. We, uh, we'll have it all for you tomorrow. On a way back Wednesday, we'll also have Michael Felder, Lance Taylor. Oh. Uh, we'll talk to Brian Estrich, the voice of the TCU Horn Frogs. Loaded show on a way back Wednesday. Salty, you're the best, Harge. Let's do it again tomorrow. And in the immortal words of our brother from another mother, Sean Adams. First off, shout out to Anthony Geronimo. Shout out Happy to, birthday, Ant. to my cousin, Tony. Happy birthday. The dream is free. The hustle sold separately. Go to work. Wash your hands. Stay healthy. And stay safe. Peace. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.